When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. My name is Josh Landy. I'm standing in as host because Boyd Hilton is unavailable on this Monday evening. But we do have two fantastic guests with us. One of whom has flown in barely a couple of hours ago from New York to be here. Anthony Lever, how are you? Very well, very jet-lagged, but very well. Props to Primera Air for... Staggeringly uncomfortable flight back. Was it your debut on Primera? It was my debut on Primera, and I think our relationship has ended abruptly. Played one. Played one. Lost one? Yeah. Won one? Yeah. Because you wanted to fly into Stansted, right? That's I understand. Right, yeah. There you go. And yeah, that's right. Back I mean, to the uh, Matrim HQ. Back to, yeah, back to HQ from. Uh, the new HQ in New York. Yeah, well, we'll come on to your, your new life in New York, but we're delighted you're here, as is Jane Wilson, who who looks very smart, like you might have come from court or something in your, your black tie suit. I uh, Have you been at court? I have a job, Josh. Yeah, you look particularly smart, I'd say, um, on this occasion. <laughs> no, you look, you look the part. So how, where have you been today? Lots of client meetings, lots of exciting things. Client yeah. meetings. Can't talk about it any further. No. I'm, okay. I'm applying for a visa at the moment, so no. Where are you applying for a visa? For? Azerbaijan, you off to the uh, Arsenal Europa League game in Azerbaijan or, or Ukraine? No, no, moving out to Hong Kong. Are you moving? The weather was t- terrible. Uh, I saw a lot of the videos. Got friends in Hong Kong. soon, yeah. Crazy. When are you off to Hong Kong? End of October. So we've got James off to Hong Kong. We've got Anthony back from New York briefly, and I'm living in northwest London, working in Camden Town. This feels incredibly boring, but we will we will try and uh, and persevere and give you about thirty or minutes of Arsenal based entertainment. And whilst we're doing that to enhance our entertainment, we're delighted to have some Watney's Pale Ale, which has been uh, given to us um, on this occasion this week um, to get us through. It is. Um, in a green and white can. Yeovil Town colours. Would you say any other colours, Anthony, leap out with you? 
That, no, that is fairly Yeovil Town. Maybe well, a, maybe a Celtic training top of some sort. Potentially. When I think of Yeovil, I think of the 1993 FA Cup third round because Th- that chip, it, that chip from was it right righty righty. righty. I, I knew more about the 93 94 season than I think I do about any of the previous ten because I used to watch that video, which was the VHS one nil to the Arsenal. I don't know if you had a copy. The VHS is in those days about three hours long. People don't have the attention span these days. DVD is like 90 minutes. But then there was a, a, a VHS one nil to the Arsenal obviously a nod to Arsenal's uh, 1-0 victory against Palmer in the in the Cup Winners Cup final and, and that game against Yeovil Town I think it's probably the first time I ever heard of Yeovil Town uh, but yeah well, Ian Wright I think a 3-0 win on the way to uh, yeah on the really, way to if I remember as well no you know what sorry it was a 92-93 mm. yes I apologise 92-93 on the way to winning the FA Cup which is why uh, which is why I probably remember it and I, rem- I remember it because they had they had massive goals if you watch it back, they, 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 surely the goals are the same no, size. No, in, 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 in so much like, you know, like the goals at the Dell were really small. Like no, you, no, I'm not having this. James, but how yeah, can the goals was, have been... There was like a foot between the goal line and the net at the Dell. It was, it was oh, tiny. You, you mean the sorry, depth. I mean the depth. Sorry, not the, frame. Yeah, not the frame. Come on, that's the first jet lag excuse I'll give them. Maybe you're just smaller um, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. but if I remember rightly, like, like if a goalkeeper kind of let back, he could really think he was still trying to pull the ball in, and it was at least three yards over the line at Yeovil. That's what David Ospina does anyway, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, so anyway, so not to Yeovil, and the thank you to the guys at Watney's for this pale ale, which will, which will get us through. Um, m- more. Um, personally, we better talk about Arsenal winning two games on the road. I mean, this is this is newfound territory that we've almost forgotten what it was like, as we almost forgot what playing away in a league game on a Saturday at three o'clock. Not since January two thousand and seventeen had we done that. So a long break of a Saturday three o'clock game. Um, one of my friends did point out that if we were playing in the Champions League and not having to play on Thursdays and therefore Sundays, we would have more opportunities to play on Saturday, which is a which is a fair point. But this was so exciting, James. Another victory on the road. The dizzy heights of uh, is it sixth, seventh, where we are now. Nine points level with Spurs, level with Man United. It's bright. Yes, I'm. I'm are you about to put us back down to? to no, you don't sound delighted no. as I as you. The, the noise you hear yeah. is the opening there of the Watney's Pale Ale. Go on, carry on, James. No, do you know what? I am actually fairly enthused by what I've seen. Um, I think quite a few people have been slightly morose about the performance and particularly the first half, but. The reality is, you look at where we were last season in the you know in tw- well the beginning of 2018 in terms of our away record, and games like that, particularly you know against side like Newcastle, who are going to put men behind the ball, getting three points there is all you need. If you know if you can win it in style and battle them, great. But it's a game we wouldn't be winning. Well, that's the thing ago. you could say, Anthony, because up till now, four games in, you'd say, right, 1-1, one, one, sorry, 1-2, one, two, lost 2 is exactly what you'd have predicted before the season. Not going to be Man City, not going to be Chelsea, expected to win the other two games. This is the one where you go, actually, go there to Newcastle and win, that is improvement. Yeah. And that's well, encouraging. It's exactly what you said last week. It, even though, let's not use it as a yardstick for where we should be, it, it did feel like a test of sorts. Um, it's the kind of place where if they get on top of you, it's a cliche with their crowd, but they, you know, they make a racket and and they get behind their own and that. And and we could have, you know, we could have crept behind and we could because we weren't good in the first half, but we weren't we weren't as as vulnerable as we have been in the first, you know, in in the other games. And we, you didn't think you didn't think we were going to fall behind, but then again, we didn't look like scoring. And then in the second half, obviously, the early goal was a massive boost, and then and then they really grew into it. 
Um, and you know, Mesut opening his account for the season is obviously quite a uh, yeah. quite, quite a significant moment. In it, it feels it feels that that was like even the way they celebrated with him, it felt Absolutely. like that was quite a significant there's, moment for him. There seems massive unity. Is it as simple, James, as going well? You know, the first half very poor, second half very strong, and there was a substitution made at half time, which is again, if we're talking about differences under the great man Arsene Wenger and differences to, to now with the new manager. Didn't used to see many half-time subs. And, and Torreira was, you know, such a difference but he, on the game. He was. I mean, he was superb when he came on, as, as he was against Cardiff in our last away game. Uh, whilst, yes, I agree, it's refreshing to see pragmatic substitutions being made rather than pre-planned ones. Making changes at half-time or after 50 minutes, it's a tacit admission that he's got the lineup wrong. And he's done that two weeks in a row now. Um, and I think there's... I see, unless Torreira is struggling with fitness, or I know he picked up a calf injury during the World Cup, but I see very little reason why, A, Guendouzi should be playing, um, and secondly, why Torreira shouldn't be playing. And what's interesting mixed into all of this is Mohamed Elneny. He hasn't even come into the mentioning for taking a starting berth. And that's partly because Guendouzi's done okay. I don't think he's necessarily been as impressive as others have suggested. But it suggests to me that he's really not Emery's type of player or he doesn't fit into what he wants. So even though you've had Guendouzi struggling and Jacker at times, El Nene doesn't look like playing. You say, is, is Guendouzi struggling? Is that fair? I mean, that, there's obviously like youthful I, and there's been, there's been moments where you go, OK, there's mistakes and there's been moments like, and it's going to be very easy. I think we'll remember that pass at Chelsea that led to Bellerin crossing the ball and, and that was a highlight. But you think he's been struggling? Um <laughs> Listen, I, I think he looks like a really exciting prospect, but that's all he is, in my opinion, at this stage. And there's been those really good moments. The things he's done badly are not glaring errors that people who, you know people wouldn't necessarily pick up on straight away. I think the main issue is him and Xhaka are very similar to one another. And it, you have to choose one of the other. And, at the moment, and Xhaka is better at most things than Guendouzi is. Um, so one of them plays. I don't think... As a pairing, they work well together. It seemed, Anthony, maybe with, with Torreira, that maybe there had been a suspicion of, a, I think, a slight injury picked up on international duty. Maybe that was why. But it does seem now that, you know, of the, of the options we could have of who's going to start, it, it would now be a huge surprise. Come Everton on Sunday. We'll talk about the Europa League game. But talking about Everton, the next league game, Xhaka and Torreira, I mean, you could... For the first time in perhaps a long time, very clear what Arsenal's starting eleven should be. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. But then you're going to say we're going to move on to the Europa League. So I won't say. It. But you'd have thought those who were on the bench on Saturday would be ultimate, would be definite starters on Thursday. Mm. So maybe he'll switch it round and play Guendouzi on on Thursday night instead. And it's it's the time for him to. He has is a home game where we're expected to dominate. He can really impose himself on the game. It would be good for us because, like I said, being hooked at half time when you're that young, no matter how well he's done so far, it can't be a nice experience. And maybe we're being a bit, maybe we can be guilty at times of being a bit soft as Arsenal fans saying, "Oh, don't take him off. He's only a kid." Well, no, if he's not playing well, hook him. He's got to go. No, I mean, and, but and of course, I, th- I think I think you're right with the whole with the Torreira thing. Now it's almost becoming everyone's talking about why he's not playing, and and I, th- I think it probably is more that he picked up a bit of a, a knock and hopefully he's had a week now to he's obviously we play Saturday we're now looking at a Sunday start for him first start at home everyone will be behind him it 
they're quite combat combative in midfield. Um, Everton, so I think he probably needs a bit more steel in there. Perhaps they, they, you know, they got rolled over at the weekend. They'll be a bit hurt. So I suspect he'll, he'll, he will surely start on Sunday. Well, I mean, Emery was asked about um, hooking effectively Guendouzi at half time and and what he felt towards Torreira. And he said, I want to give every player confidence. I'm very happy with both Matt, both Matteo and Lucas. With the balance of the game in the second half, we needed much more with our positioning. Lucas helped to give us that balance. So, uh, yeah, I think um, we can't really envisage a situation, James, where uh, yeah, Torreira doesn't start the next game. Or are you, are you of the opinion, maybe maybe Thursday is that chance to just give you know, Torreira the start, let him play 60, 70 minutes, and he's right, he's right, right and ready for Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to start on Thursday just because of um, time between games. Um, I pers- I'd, again, maybe give him another half an hour on Thursday just for sharpness with a view to starting on Sunday. But just pulling back to a point you made where you said it, we feel like we could all kind of substantively say what our best 11 is. Throughout most of the team, yes, but I still think there's question marks over our attack. And I saw... Quite an interesting point. It was Tim Stillman talking about it and about how attack should function. And at the moment, we're shoehorning basically all of our best attackers into the team, square pegs, round hole situation, to get our best players onto the pitch. But if you look at other teams, like Liverpool, for instance, they maybe don't have all... They don't have necessarily all you know a totally world-class attack with the exception of Salah and Firmino is great but they function as a unit and there's arguments that to say maybe a, a Mkhitaryan would have better balance to our attack he may not he's not a better player than Ozil, Aubameyang, Co. but should he be playing? Well, well Mkhitaryan got some game time earlier in the campaign and and presumably didn't play well enough for Emery to feel like he's keeping him in in the team I, I don't know. I, I wonder, Anthony, maybe with the way that, that the team is at the moment, I, I felt there was enough there in that second half where you're going, we're creating enough chances here. And, and you talk about how the fact that um, it's another away win and you don't mind the manner that we do it. But actually, that second half was as good as we've been away from home in a hell of a long time and, and should have had more goals. And, you know, even just after we made it 2-0, I Batman went through and it could have easily been three, dragged the shot wide. There was something slightly inevitable about the fact we were going to make it a little bit difficult for ourselves and we, we don't keep a clean sheet. And, and this is, you know, an amazing thing that we sort of took for granted that Arsenal were one of the teams that would collect more clean sheets than, than most clubs in the Premier League. But it seems like this season will we'll kind of be another one where we're just going to have to hope we, you know, we score more goals. And, it, you know, we had the warning, didn't we, a couple of minutes before they did score. The, you know, Czech had to, to make a terrific save to, to tip one over. Um and we're just going to need to... I, I don't know what you do with the defence at the moment. It's an interesting one because someone was making the point that with Liverpool, they've gone in and spent money where they know they've got weaknesses. And you've seen there, Van Dijk's gone in 75 million. Alisson's gone in there, huge money. And even Joe Gomez is, is a new player at centre-back from last year. And arguably Robertson's getting on more game time. So that Liverpool, out of the back five, so to speak, four of them are new and they've come in. They're looking so much more stable than an Arsenal team. We've only changed one player, only because of injury with Koscielny. And yeah, Anthony, I don't know, we still look a bit vulnerable. Yeah, really vulnerable. And the, the those I think that the advent of, you know, obviously all the modern technology around football, these freeze frames aren't doing us any favours. When you see a freeze frame on Twitter, you think, oh no, someone's about to get absolutely destroyed here. And it was, you know, it was the same on Saturday. We were, you're two nil up. You're relatively relatively comfortable. Like you said, the header that where was a good save, either side of him, he doesn't smell it. It was a pretty poor header in a way, you know, you meant to head the ball down and he just <laughs> straight over him. But um 
you freeze frame that ball when it's coming in and you've got you've got two centre backs against three and you're two nil up away from home with you know in injury time you should be shutting up shop you know it's it's not it's, and that doesn't all that can't all be the manager that has to be players thinking well, we don't need to bomb on now we're two nil up your fullbacks should stay fullbacks your your cent, your defensive midfielders or central midfielders don't have to join the attack you know you've got a guy in Welbeck who who love him or loathe him he'll do the donkey work up front he'll run around I thought it was a bit unlucky to be pulled for that challenge like for example at the end when he really just chased a ball that wasn't his to win and won it um there was no need for them to be so far up the pitch yet they were and that's that's can't all come from yes he's asking them to push forward but use your brain and don't push forward when you tune a up yeah, and it comes into injury time. They don't have to be there. It's just a game management. I yeah, game talking management. About. Yeah. But you're right. And Danny Welbert, we should give a nod, starting a game for England, uh, you <laughs> know, just, just days prior to going up to, to Newcastle. Well, he's, he's, he's got to start his campaign to be Europa League top goal scorer at some point. So that's, Is that that's, what you're tipping That for? starts on Thursday. Oh, 100%. Oh, well, until, it, until we reach the final and he gets, well, he you, gets know, you know, the problem... <laughs> One of the main problems of our defence, beyond tactics or anything else, is the game's moved on and centre-backs are bloody expensive now, as we saw with Van Dijk. And we haven't spent big money on any centre-backs. No. That's, that's mm. the crux of the issue for me. No, I mean, and, and, and Socrates clearly the one that, that, you know, because actually a number of centre-backs have been brought into their club, but you're looking at Mavrapanos holding, and then obviously, you know, Socrates coming in. Between the three of them, that is probably equating to what a quarter of what Van Dyke cost, or something, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, you're, you're, we're operating in a different transfer league to, to what Liverpool are. Just quickly, Anthony, give us an, a, a flavour of what your experience of, of watching Arsenal so far in New York has been. You said it was a 10 a.m. 10 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. It was. It's interesting. There's the the um, the passion for it is is wild. Not just Arsenal. Just all, like I say, it was really. Dis- it was quite. Yeah, it's night. It was ten a.m. Had to leave at nine a.m. to find this bar in Brooklyn, which was apparently the Arsenal pub in Brooklyn. And but there was like eight games on with with conflicting sound, and and you do find your eyes kind of drawn to it because oh, you know, Chelsea have just oh, Chelsea have gone behind, and you know, City oh, City have already wrapped it up, and then there's Barcelona fans going mental in the corner because they've just conceded, and so it is interesting. But the there's a lot of expats, but the American fans they just every move. Is because they're so used to their sports being quite regimented, and, and it's a, like, what was that play? It's not a play, mate. It's just, it's just football. Like, not every time we go forward, something's going to happen, and they don't work on everything on the training ground. And well, we don't seem to work on a lot on the training ground, but certainly, so they, they, um, they're, they're really keen on it. Um, that's going to be weird those early mornings. But um, yeah, the, a, a couple of weeks back, though, to throw in two things on the MLS. First one was I went to the uh, New York Derby. At Yankee Stadium, which was like, I mean, so strange. Football in a baseball ground, not Derby County's ground, but in a, it just doesn't work. And it's, it's. How many people were there? There was about, I mean, bearing in mind that stadium as a as a baseball ground holds seventy thousand. I think there was about eighteen, nineteen thousand. I mean, it was, it was, and the standard, it, it is horrendous because they're all, they're all coming out of college, and they're athletic, and you know they can they can play systems. And then they get in front of goal and they fall to pieces because there's no flair. So the New York Red Bulls genuinely decide every attack, 
the ball has to go to Bradley Wright Phillips at some point. I mean, he's an absolute... He scores goals. He's a god over there. I, yeah, I, I mainly notice, I guess, when Wrighty mm. is busy yeah. tweeting out the latest clip yeah. of Bradley... I think he scored, maybe he scored this yeah. weekend. He's, he's, got, yeah, scored, he's scored a nice goal at the weekend and he scored 100... I think he's the first player to get to 100 goals for a team. And David Villa was playing for... Uh, for New York City and he's just he every time he gets the ball and he looks up he just thinks oh. you know, he's used to like, I miss some of my old he's used there. to looking for you know Iniesta and now he's looking for oh, I couldn't even name another New York City player are you, are you going to adopt a, a, I, yeah, the I, I'll Bulls? probably go and see the Red Bulls be I'll probably team. go and see the Red Bulls but in a couple of Thierry's weeks the link at least. that's it it's nice. that's it I, I saw I, I went to the Arsenal game when they played them in the pre-season friendly a World, um, just after the World Cup so it was just Spanish football fans cheering Santi Cazorla strolling through a pre-season friendly in the rain that we lost to a Bradley Wright Phillips goal and uh, so I'll be back in them but in a couple of weeks time I'm in Chicago and Chicago Fire are playing LAFC so I will, I will have uh, Carlos Vela oh wow yeah I'll, I'll, be, I'll be looking for some little dinks little over dinks. the goalkeepers when any other finish would make more sense Slatan got his 500th career goal in, in ridiculous style as well it was, yeah, it was an amazing <laughs> kick Amazing. It was, it was an unbelievable goal. Fantastic. Well, look, mm. we, um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. Footballistically, Arsenal is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Footballistically Arsenal Beer of the Month. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we are back from uh, that break. So I think we'd better start looking ahead because whilst it's not Champions League football, which I'm sure we'd all love and we took for granted for, for many years, it is the Europa League. It is a chance for six group games, cheap tickets at the Emirates, uh, and a chance to see some clubs that we might not otherwise know and the people that want to get interesting visas for their passports can go. Well, I think one of my friends yesterday was telling me the uh, Azerbaijani... Uh, Visas come through. I think it costs about fifty dollars uh, for the fans that are going to make that journey. At the, uh, I think it's in October. Uh, but but most uh, you know most uh, of interest now is is obviously kicks off Thursday. James, you going you going to be there for Vauxhall? You you going? Yeah, I'm not sure if I put you in a position. Are you not going? No. <laughs> Why are you not going, James? What's the what's the answer? You just I, I you say, is there just not a, there's no point. No, um, I always no. Listen, I find got a court date. <laughs> no, the court's from two to four, actually. Um, <laughs> no, I find midweek games difficult anyway, um, sort of work commitments, etc. And I was going to ask you who, who we were playing, actually. Um, where are they wow. From? They are Ukrainian, uh, Volkswagen Poltava. Um, they, uh, I think they finished third, I'm right in saying. I did do some research earlier. I wouldn't want anyone listening to this to think very limited research went into this podcast. They, they finished third in the, uh, in the Ukrainian League, which is the highest achievement in their team's history. Um, they play in the Botovsky Volksler Stadium, which has 25,000 spectators. Their manager is Vasil Sakho, the ex-Ukrainian footballer, as I'm sure you knew. Uh, mainly a team of Ukrainian players, but they do boast Brazilians... Arta and Nicholas Kareka, who are on loan from Gremio. They've been once before in the Europa League. They finished bottom of their group in the 2011-12 season. I think the uh, the long and short of it is we will probably win this game of football that you won't be going to. Oh, I might, might go now. Oh, you might go. <laughs> I think I find them quite fun. I enjoyed the group games on the whole last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go to Lisbon uh, for the away game, which I guess over three away trips is, is 
perhaps the most appealing and, and realistic mm. to get to. So, but let's talk then about what players are expecting to see. There's no question, presumably, of what goalkeeper is going to play because you know where we did spend money this summer was in goal with Leno. But do you think? If he plays brilliantly, is there any chance of him getting into the Premier League team? Or, or what's going to have to happen for him to make an appearance in the league? Uh, You're just shaking your head. I, firstly, I, don't, I think it's unlikely he's going to have a great deal to do on Thursday evening. And really, what's he going to do? That suddenly makes Emery think, do you know what, these first five, six games of the season, I've been wrong. This, this guy's shown me against... FC, whatever the name is, that he's he's the he's my number one. Um, he will certainly play, and uh, it's going to be hard to really judge him because goalkeepers aren't judged on those games; they're judged on high pressure situations when they're. And this probably isn't going to be one of them, if we're completely honest. Um, uh, we discussed it before we came in. I think I'm surprised he hasn't been playing more, and I think a lot of people have now made the point that whilst Czech hasn't really been at fault for. Many of our, I think one goal maybe he's directly been at fault for this season. Leno at an outlay of 22, 23 million, that's a big chunk of our budget gone. And I think it's concerning he hasn't come straight in. He's not he's not an inexperienced young goalkeeper who needs time to bet into a club. He's a 25, 26 year old German international, played hundreds of games for Leverkusen. He, he's, he should be ready to play. And I'm slightly concerned that Emery's taken a look at the player and feels he's not really what he wants he was obviously signed very early on in Emery's reign and that the wheels may already have been in motion on that deal well presumably they were yeah it felt like that that was coming uh, are you, are you expect you're expecting the German number four to get his nod on, on Thursday that, that is what we signed Germans we number four yeah Germany Germany's number four was that Per Mertz like for all time um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, stick him in the stick him in the six yeah obviously he'll play but James is right I mean what's, what, what can he do unless he scores I mean maybe that's the, maybe maybe that's what he needs to do he we needs need to, to score. ask our friends at Labrador because well I was about to I mean we're, we're on Labrador we're 15 to 2 on to win on Thursday 2 to 15 to win the yeah. game so like what, what if, if he has a good game we've really defended yeah unbelievably average expect, bad yeah they'll probably so get, hmm. what can he do you know I, th- I think the okay. other thing though to echo maybe know, he'll we, have a really good warm up yeah that's Might it really maybe impress. he yeah or maybe Petr Cech will try and scupper his warm up by Cech won't be on the bench oh, no, actually, presumably be, Martinez yeah, maybe Martinez yeah oh I, I did see today because we had to announce our 25 man squad mm. for the Europa League that we have put in the um We've got young keeper Ilyev, um, mm. who, has, who has made it. So I wonder yeah. if maybe in that yeah. fifth or sixth game, I'm sure we will see Martinez or Ilyev, someone potentially be given an opportunity. And I think, I think also, <clears throat> just briefly on Czech as well, I think this this whole ball at his feet thing has now become, it's become a thing at away games as well. When the ball gets played back to him, oh, yeah. I mean, we're going back to the, the old days, you know, <laughs> when people, football fans these days don't remember that whenever a goalkeeper was meant to take a goal kick, you know, oh, it's like and it's now because you know, every time the ball goes back to his feet it's become a thing and and surely an error that is a costly one is it's only a matter of time now but yeah i guess it's whether the error has to lead to a goal because yeah. we saw a huge yeah. error at cardiff you yeah. know when, when the ball sort of went out yeah. and you know i think nine times out of ten a goal goes in but then okay away yeah. from leno i i wrote down a few names we're expecting to see please um Maybe Smith Rowe, because mm. he was the name of the, the pre-season. Obviously, yeah. scored, a, scored a great goal. 
Uh, Eddie, you know, we remember from last season, there's a couple of goals against Norwich. He presumably would, would be excited to see. I can't remember the two centre-backs. Rob Holding, is, we, we've not seen him. This is a man who, sort of, mm. you know, a, a year and a half ago now, walks into an FA Cup final, played brilliantly, and here we are a year and a half yeah. later, and, you know, seems to have... Uh, you know, n- not taking huge steps forward. Uh, Mavrapanos, presumably as well, potentially alongside him. You mentioned earlier James Elneny, not really given any opportunity, even when there have been question marks against some of them in the field. Um, and Lichsteiner, who we saw obviously in the opening game against City when Maitland-Nars had to go off with the injury, but we haven't really seen since. No. And it could well be him, you almost feel, that might almost captain the side. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll surely captain. Um, yeah. So those names, any others you're hoping that, that get a nod? Um, I mean, I know I you're not m- excited or you're incredibly I think it might be quiet. I think this could actually be a relatively important competition for Mkhitaryan. Yeah. Um, he's obviously not at the moment, like we were saying earlier. You, you know, James might be might be correct. Could be definitely be correct because he's a, he's a player apart from the length of his shorts that I've got a lot of time for. I don't know what's going on with the length of those shorts. He might as well just wear tracksuit bottoms, like like Abel Kirai. Kirai, yeah. <laughs> those things are huge, but. He he does. He's not particularly spectacular, but Ozil's not particularly spectacular. But he doesn't give the mm. ball away very much. He does work. He for me, work, and I'm a massive Meza Ozil fan. But he does. That, that you look at him on the on that bench on Saturday, and you think, what is he thinking? Like what what you know? He was not. He's not a an Emery man. He's clearly now no longer a starter. But he started in. You know, he he had game time at the start of the season in two games that we were all expecting him to lose. You know, anything we got out of those two games were kind of a bonus. Yeah. So it's hard to judge. It is hard. It's hard to judge I attacking it... players on those two games, even though we were good mm. for half an hour going forward. We were great, in fact, going forward against Chelsea for half an hour. But Awobi got another pop at West Ham. And Mkhitaryan feels, it feels already that he may have fallen out of favour. He right. may have... Maybe, maybe that's a bit rash. I don't know if that's too but, early. Yeah, but I, I wonder whether whether if he plays because if he plays well on Thursday, he could end up being his you know his Ozil for the Europa League almost. I think Mkhitaryan. Yeah, I mean, look, it's interesting. You asked a question about Welbeck as well. Is he yeah. is he going to get game time? I think he will. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, we have to remember this is a manager who's got incredible pedigree in the tournament. Does he want to go make sure you win the first three, four games and then take the opportunity? Maybe it'll be a stronger team than we than we expect. Is it you know, maybe it's not impossible we see a Bamiang or Lacazette mm. or, you know, some of the strong players. Um Ozil, you know, obviously back in a bit of form after after Saturday an obvious goal. It seemed like the players were so much around him. I don't know. The, maybe the, it could the, be the, interesting. The Torreira, maybe the Torreira conundrum earlier as well. Like, does does he start him? Does he maybe bring him on to give him a bit of time? I think, I think left back as well is probably a bit of an issue. Yeah, mate. Well, I was going to say, I'm not sure Maitland Niles is fit again. Yeah, is he injured again? So, yeah. mate, poor old Listiner. Yeah, Listiner might get no because Klasnac is still out, and Monreal probably is the one player in the squad you don't want to get an injury to. Who's going to play right back with Bellerin? Play. Who plays right back? Who's going to play right back? Well. Yeah, I don't know. Lichstein, well, you'd think Lichstein, but I don't, yeah, Maybe you're right. Then they play left back. And without you know trying to be too sort of smart or whatever, because I'm definitely not smart or intellectual on this jet lag. But um, after Reese Nelson scored at the weekend, I think they'll be yeah. lovely little finish as well. Good finish, first, first touch, Good touch, certainly first shot. Um, there may be a bit of almost. Oh, you've loaned one out. Who's who's, who's going to be the next? So I think, like say Smith Rowe or Eddie. Certainly, there'll be a call for one of them to get in the side, but he may also feel let's get this group wrapped up. I think one of the one of the away games falls a couple of days before Spurs um, at home. 
which is then followed by United away, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to take... Play- I mean, it's all very well saying they're not going to play, but even to get on a plane yeah. to Ukraine, Azerbaijan, yeah. it's not, not ideal. Yeah. Well, I know you're not madly excited about this, uh, but you, presumably you're making sure you're going to get your trip to the Emirates in whilst you're back Absolutely. from Absolutely. I'll be going to both games, I think. I'll go on Sunday as well. Um, yeah. Hoping to get Mr. Bellew down there, Tony Bellew, the big Evertonian boxer as well. So he's hopefully he's going to come down. He? he took me to uh, the away game last year. I sat with him and uh, what was the score in that game? We won five two, five three. I think we we Petr Cech let in a really daft goal at the end when he had a mix up at the back with Mustafi. Five, five two. So Rooney opened oh, the score. That's five. Didn't it was only five two. Yeah. Um, only the yeah, five. Yeah, we, we went we went goal crazy in the second half, but um, he left me at three one. He did warn that he if we go two nil up. Two goals you probably clear. don't want to argue against no, him. Just no, let him go. No. Don't start going. And he also you, told me, he won't, he won't like me saying this, but he also told me before the game, and there's a picture I should have shown you where I'm looking at him because a photographer friend was at a pitch side and I sort of wide open mouth look at him and uh, he told me that if they lost, Kuman was getting the boot <laughs> and, they, and that's exactly what happened in the end. Wow. Um, so he'll be there. He'll, he'll be potentially there with you. He's a genuine football fan. Isn't he? Oh, he's not he's one mass- of these boxers no, who a, sort of jumps in and yeah, he's like. He's a with massive. He's one of the nicest people you could ever wish to meet for a start. But he's a legit, pure blue. Died in the war season. Obviously, just he doesn't have to pay for his ticket. He boxed there for for goodness sake. He's won a world title at Goodison. But he um yeah he goes to every game. He uses their training facilities as his um sort of strength and conditioning base at Finch Farm. So. Wow. Love that. Usmanov's uh, keeping him fit. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, man. Um, and, and we should mention just while you're here, Saturday is, a, you know, for boxing fans who listen to this podcast, not that we'll be going to huge detail. Anthony Joshua fights again, so yeah, you'll, you'll have does. a very busy week. Yeah, a very busy week. Maybe on Very that. busy week. Come back kind of like an emergency loan, Omri-esque to uh, help out this week is but, it like uh, when there's like two goalies injured and you have to drive no, that's someone right back. I'm very yeah the Kim Kalstrom <laughs> I'm very much the Kim Kalstrom of this scenario <laughs> with a better John back Burridge have gloves will travel um but yeah it's a it's a huge night and uh, about 75,000 in there and at Wembley at Wembley Stadium third Wembley Stadium fight wow. that we've done um and yeah hopefully a more successful night then than Spurs had recently so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and where are you going to be where are you on those busy nights at Wembley then um I I don't watch them I just stay in out the press, there I'm in the press, press box out the back setting up press conferences taking people to interview undercard fighters it's you get your you get your miles in you get your your steps it's a big old place, that stadium. I don't know if anyone's noticed. You, got your, you get your health app on your <laughs> phone, it, check, yeah, check how many steps you've done at the end of a night. And put your feet in the bath when you get back to the hotel at like three in the morning or something crazy like that. All right, I won't yeah. ask James if he's excited for that, because <laughs> if he's not excited for Vaux or at home on Thursday, I can't imagine what, he's getting that excited about Anthony Joshua's what final Saturday. What insight into your life, though, is yeah, as well. Yeah, feet, that's so, basically... Soaking your feet in a bath, <laughs> lovely. That's what we wanted. Now, listen, we better, but, you know, we've got, got a couple of uh, minutes before we go. The... the um, the issue about Ivan Gazidis is clearly not going away, and it, it seems like there must be some truth to, to this story. Gab Marcotti was writing on ESPN today, saying that sources in Italy, London, and the United States, where Kronke, of course, is based, confirmed Gazidis has been negotiating his exit from Arsenal. The process is far from straightforward, given the nature of his contract, but one source said he expects it to be a matter of weeks, if not days. And that's contrary to reports in England that this isn't about money. Sources familiar with the situation says Gazidis' base salary would not be substantially higher 
higher. In fact, it's likely to be lower at Milan. There would be a bonus structure in place, possibly some equity, but it's likely to be um, predicted on the club growing revenue quickly, and that's by no means guaranteed. The two key roles at Milan have also been filled recently, appointing club legends Paolo Maldini as director of sporting strategy and development, and Leonardo as sporting director. And now, after balancing the squad over the summer, they're turning their attention to the final big role in the puzzle. So, James, I mean, the question is, there's been a hell of a lot of smoke for there to be no, no proverbial fire here. It seems that he's on the way. The club are, you know, saying they'll make an announcement when the time is right and when there's something to announce. Um, but the question is, is this just all paving the way for Josh Cronkay to move in? You know, we, we saw what happened with Stan Cronkay over the summer and the movement that he's taken in complete control of the club. And, and this presumably, you know, Gazida's leaving, Cronkay coming in as an as next step. It feels the logical one um, and slightly inevitable. Um, I think with all of this, it Gazidis leaving doesn't reflect particularly well on him. Um, main reason being for many years, he clearly wanted Wenger to go and was doing some pretty heavy politicking behind the scenes to make that happen. And he was able to use Wenger as a buffer for a long time, as did the wrestler club. And... Uh, I just think from a professional pride perspective, I'd want to be seeing that out You, you know, and reap what you sow. He wanted a new manager. He wanted to see us into that new era. He select, was part of a, a team of three people who selected a new manager. And to walk out and bail effectively now, it, feel, it feels slightly lily-livered, to be completely honest with you. And that's something that's been chucked at Gazidas a few times. Um, I've been in his presence several times. He's incredibly impressive, erudite person and he speaks incredibly well and I'm sure he's a, a very clever man but just almost from a moral point of view I think it's disappointing that he's walking away from the club at this juncture. I think Josh Cronkey coming in as you say is... Sorry Josh. No, I was, could, could you argue that in fact he's leaving at a time where the new regime is kind of you know, in place. We've, we've seen new appointments, um, you know, it come, into, it's come into the club, not only, you know, in the recruitment side of the club, commercial but, side I mean, of the jo- club. Josh. So actually, has he, has he got it to a stable place? And he goes, you know what? I was working on the old regime. I want a new challenge. Is it, is it that Milan just could be an appealing challenge? He's the, he's the, I, he's the business Kevin Keegan. He's yeah, taking I, it as far as he can I, go. I, I don't... I don't. <laughs> might one, Sorry, yeah. one little defeat to Germany and he's just, <laughs> he's just gone. Kevin Keegan. You're not seeing it like Kevin that, Kevin Keegan's not good enough for this job anymore. No, I think he... I, see, I don't see it like that at all, actually. He clearly wanted this to happen for a long time in terms of a change in structure at the club. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? It... Logically, it doesn't make any sense, actually. And he, you know, he would have professed to have been working in a system which he didn't particularly like. Why walk away the minute you get a system you want? He, he's not doing it altruistically as some freedom fighter to set Arsenal on the right path. He's a careerist and it's his job. Why wouldn't he want to see how things pan out over the next two years? Well, he's supposedly got a friendship, isn't he, with the which is with the Elliott Management Group, or the American Consortium, who bought out the Italian club last year. And if there is a you know some sort of friendship there and an opportunity that might not come around again, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, we 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 live in a world, don't we, of where footballers go and take the better roles and players have left Arsenal this, to, I'd, to I'd go not, on. I'd question if this is a better role. He's at the start. Well, it's hard for us, I guess, it, on the but outside. It, I it? mean, if his money, his money isn't increasing. Um, so, you know, financially, it sounds like he'll be on a, a similar deal. 
Um, I must say there was something in the standard earlier that suggested, if I think I'm right, that his salary would go up a million dollars. That was, you know, obviously went against what uh, what Gab Marcotti was writing on ESPN. Mm. You know, it's all you know, I guess hearsay and, and coming from different sources at the moment. I mean, it, you presume if it's you know true, which it feels like it is, that Arsenal must be, you know, it must have a, a plan in place. And, you know, Josh Kroenke, you know, famously came over it and had a very hands-on role during a time where Wenger was at the club. I think he was supposed to come for three months in total and be in every day and it only lasted seven weeks, um, apparently. So he did go home early. Um, but you suspect that, you know, he, that was... You know, not coincidence. I'm just but this what, all sort yeah. of this all sort of makes sounds for like a path. On, sounds like he was on work experience. I'm just terrified about who That's he wants. Problem. We know who he wants the next manager to be, and that terrifies the life out of me. Who's he one that you, you by saying who who would that be? Yeah, he's but he's good buddies with Thierry. Thierry Henry, who's of course you know I guess doing his time now in France in in the. Uh. I've I've never liked the idea of him being our manager for. Partly because I loved him so much as a player and I don't want to start being in a position where I want him to leave the club if he fails as a manager. And I'd say that about a lot of club legends. Secondly, having, you know, I don't know if you guys have read Philippa Clare's book about Thierry Henry, but it's, I wouldn't go as far as calling it a character assassination, um, but he leaves you in kind of no uncertain terms, Henri's credentials in terms of his personality as a, for a, a manager don't quite marry up and uh, I, I I absolutely dread the idea of it personally I've seen nothing from well, we've it. got a few steps before we get there let's take one step oh, back and memory's we'll, we'll two year project and then well let's see I mean w- w- once we break into the top four this year and we're back in the Champions League and we've won the Europa League and probably the, the Carabao Cup then uh, everything will be, be rosy once again then Henri won't even have a look in um <laughs> Well, look, Everton on Sunday, uh, we're going to be there. We, we should just make a, a nod to that game because three, you know, two away victories on the road, three Premier League victories, a, a great chance to make it four against an Everton side who have been beaten by a West Ham team that couldn't buy a win. It, you know, Theo Walcott making another return to the Emirates, that's exciting. Um, but this is a wonderful opportunity to go and, you know, win another game in a run of fixtures that, you know, aren't too unkind at the moment, because obviously I think Watford and then Fulham, there are games there that we can go win um, and try and at least put ourselves in, you know, in and around the top four at this stage of the season, which hopefully we can stick around um, to make a real fight of that, you know, which has to be the ambition for the season. So so just quickly, Anthony, thoughts ahead of the Everton game? Are you confident of a victory? And, and even though Boyd isn't here, he loves a score prediction like no one else. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I think it's, it's the, you know, you put... The two games together, Thursday night and Sunday, it's a test. It's an, it's an interesting early test of how Emery balances a squad between a league and, and a cup. But he's obviously done it successfully in the past with Sevilla. So you'd think that this wouldn't be anything new. Obviously, it's nothing new to him at all. I do think we'll. I do think we'll roll Everton over. I think they're they're easy. I think they're quite easy to get. At. They were they were poor on uh, against West Ham. Um, well, since with goals, I mean, they haven't got a. You know, huge. I mean, Tosson hasn't hasn't made a huge impact here. Where they've brought back Calvert Lewin into the team. Yeah, yeah um, they're, they're going for. I mean, the has come off the bench a bit. I, I just, I just think we're going to make enough opportunities and not let in enough. I, I, I agree with yeah. you. What's your score prediction? I think, I think, I definitely think we'll get. I, I, I always like to give them one. Just because yeah. of because well, it's we us. Well, we don't do clean sheets. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, three one. That's exactly what I'd say, James. 
I think 2-1 win. We'll beat Theo Walker on his new haircut. <laughs> That's yeah. really bad, yeah. isn't it? When, when a ponytail isn't a ponytail, it's like... It's like a little pig's tail it's called, on the back of his head. It's called a man bun, I think. A man bun. Okay. Well, we look forward to Theo's and his man bun's uh, return. Um, well, look, thank you so much for coming. There's your I podcast mean, name. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it. We finally took us 40 minutes, but we've got a great title. Um, thank you to um, to Watney's for their, their PLL that has uh, got us through the, the last 40 minutes. Um, James, I'm sorry that you won't be enjoying Thursday, but thank you for being with us and good luck for whatever you're doing instead on, on Thursday night. Um, and Anthony, if we don't see you before you, uh, you bid, you know, uh, farewell to these shores temporarily again to go back to New York, good luck. And I hope the, uh, Anthony Joshua fight goes well on, on Saturday. Um, that's it from us. We'll be back next week. Um, and wishing you all a fantastic next few days. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.